really people powered. She never had the the fundraising or the institutional support. Mm -hmm. And when they did a recount, um, they magically found enough ballots that and, and threw many of hers out to where she ended up losing by 55 mm. votes. But I'll tell you, you know, her uh, election and her movement mm -hmm. has inspired people around the country. Yes. Um, it yes. certainly has energized our campaign, mm -hmm. helped generate volunteers for our campaign here in San Francisco. And I'm really honored to be supported by not only Tiffany Caban, but as you mentioned, Larry Krasner, mm -hmm. the elected district attorney in Philadelphia, as well as Kim Fox. Oh, yes, in Chicago. In Chicago, yes. exactly. And Rachel Rollins in Boston. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the people who are really leading our progressive criminal justice reform movement, mm -hmm. who are finding creative ways to reduce mass incarceration, mm -hmm. reduce racial disparities, mm -hmm. increase transparency and accountability for police and other law enforcement agents while keeping our community safe. And I'm really lucky to have their support and to be able to work with them mm -hmm. on implementing um, successful policies that they've modeled in their jurisdictions here in San Francisco starting in January. That's great. So what if so if folks are interested in like helping your campaign, are there ways people can volunteer and or help to get the word out? Absolutely. Um, we are a grassroots campaign mm -hmm. and we depend on people power, creativity, energy, um, you name it, it's really coming from our volunteer base. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things people can do uh, depending on their skills. We'd love to have people phone bank, knock on doors, um, help out around the campaign headquarters, social media. Mm -hmm. um, the best thing to do is go to our website, www.chesaboudin.com. C-H-E-S-A-B-O-U-D-I-N.com. That's C-H-E-S-A-B-O-U-D-I-N.com. You can sign up to volunteer. You can sign up to have a window sign delivered to put in your window. Oh, yeah. We'll put um, one up here. Oh, great. Yeah. I think, I think we have one uh, we, can, we can leave with you at great. the end of the show. Um, and there's lots of other ways people can get involved. So mm -hmm. we, we'd love to have support. And you know, we really look at this as more than just an election campaign. We're, we're building a movement, um, and it's going to continue. The organizing and the grassroots energy has to continue after Election Day. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we're going to effectuate the kinds of changes that we're committed to. Excellent. Yes, I believe um, I saw you. I I've, have volunteered a bit for Shahid's campaign, and so I, th I believe I saw you at the farmer's market. Uh, That's right. I think we were at the, in the inner sunset, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a great farmer's market. I've lived uh, in the outer sunset for many years, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, the inner sunset farmer's market is, is close to my home, always been one of my favorite locations, and we have a lot of supporters in that neighborhood, so I'm always happy to go and, and uh, get a snack and talk to voters. That's great. Is there anything else you'd like to share? We do have some more time. However, I know you're on a, a time crunch, so. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. There are a couple specific issues I'd like to talk about mm -hmm. that are real priorities for me in the campaign and also a couple things that I'd, I'd like to share that I'm proud to have worked on over the last few years. Because yes. I think when it comes to deciding who to vote for, mm -hmm. for me personally, one of the most important things is not just the rhetoric that someone uses or the promises that they make, but also the track record that they have. Mm -hmm. And so I think... You know, the reason I've been able to uh, build such a big movement and, and have so many volunteers is really because of my life's work. The perspective that I bring mm -hmm. as someone who's had parents in prison and who's worked every day in the Hall of Justice for so many years, uh, but also because of the work I've done. And, and, you know, one of those projects that I've led is around money bail. And I mentioned that earlier, but, mm -hmm. you know, San Francisco and, and all of California has a system where a wealthy person can buy their way out of jail mm -hmm. no matter how dangerous they are. Mm -hmm. 
while a poor person who may be wrongfully arrested, wrongfully accused of a low-level crime with weak evidence against them will languish behind bars simply because of their poverty. It's a system that is both discriminatory and also undermines public safety. Mm -hmm. And so for many years, I've led litigation efforts in state court. We now have a case pending before the California Supreme Court. And in federal court, where I've won um, reversals of local practice from more than five different federal judges that have agreed with our argument that this undermines public safety and that this is something which discriminates explicitly, violates equal protection, mm -hmm. violates due process. As district attorney, I'm committed to ending money bail, mm -hmm. to never allowing my staff to put a price tag on freedom. If someone is too dangerous to be released to the community, then the fact that they're wealthy doesn't make them safe. Mm -hmm. And if someone can safely be released with appropriate conditions, right. the fact that they're poor should not be an obstacle to allowing them to go back to their family and community. Of course, yes. Now, there's another area that I think today with the racist Trump administration is more important than ever, and that's immigration. Mm -hmm. The Trump administration is using xenophobic nativist policies and rhetoric mm -hmm. to divide this country. It's using hate for immigrants as a way to drive a wedge between communities mm -hmm. and to scapegoat. It's a tremendously dangerous time across the country because of that really a scary approach that the Trump administration is taking. Mm -hmm. I'm proud to be the only candidate in this race who has a long track record of pushing back against ICE, standing up for our immigrant communities. Mm -hmm. um, and I've committed to creating an immigration unit mm -hmm. in the district attorney's office once I'm elected. Let me tell you why. When local law enforcement cooperates with ICE, it undermines public safety. Mm -hmm. It distracts our resources that we need to be spending on local law enforcement priorities. And it undermines trust in immigrant communities mm -hmm. and makes it less likely that immigrants who are victims of crime or who are witnesses to crime will come forward and cooperate with local law enforcement. Mm -hmm. If we want to provide equal justice, if we want to protect everyone in San Francisco, mm -hmm. we need our immigrant communities to know that we have their back, that right. we will never cooperate with ICE. And I'll tell you, back as recently as 2012, in 2013, San Francisco still handed people over to ICE. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you got arrested as an immigrant in San Francisco and taken mm -hmm. to jail, at the end of the case, even if you were acquitted of all charges, even if the district attorney decided not to file charges against you, mm -hmm. the sheriff would hold you until ICE came and picked Ugh. you up. Now, I had a client in that situation mm -hmm. back in 2012. She was a grandmother from El Salvador charged with shoplifting Christmas presents from the Gap for her grandkids. And at that time, everybody said, there is nothing you can do. She's going to get deported. She's going to get handed over to ICE. And, I, you know, luckily I've been to El Salvador. I've lived in Latin America. I mm -hmm. speak fluent Spanish. And I begged her to give me time to not listen to or accept that this was a hopeless situation. Mm -hmm. And I built a coalition. I worked with immigrant advocates across the city. I worked with her family who played a leadership role. And we persuaded the sheriff that he had not only the legal power, but the moral obligation to stop cooperating with ICE and to let her take responsibility. She pled guilty to mm -hmm. shoplifting and then go back to her family and her grandkids. Mm. After that case, we did it again and again until we persuaded the sheriff to institute a policy. And ultimately, the Board of Supervisors passed a few months later a sanctuary city policy that mm. I'm proud to say I'm going to continue to defend as San Francisco's next district attorney. Great. 
Yeah, that's crucial. That's the track record um, that I've got. And here are some of the things we're going to do in keeping with that track record mm -hmm. once I'm elected. First, treat mental illness before crimes are committed. Mm -hmm. Not wait until people commit a crime and go to jail. Today, San Francisco's county jail is the number one provider of mental health services. It's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. It's ineffective. It's inhumane. And perhaps worst of all, it guarantees that we're going to have more victims of crime because we refuse to address the root causes until after someone is victimized. Right. That's got to change, and it will on day one when I'm district attorney. Second, we need to treat survivors of sexual assault with dignity, and that starts with testing every single rape kit. Mm -hmm. When someone has the courage to come forward after a sexual assault, submit their body to an invasive evidentiary gathering process, mm -hmm. cooperate with law enforcement, and then have law enforcement say, we're not going to even bother to test the evidence. We're going to let it gather dust in the evidence room shelves. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening today in San Francisco. That's what's been happening in San Francisco. And it will change when I'm district attorney. We will test every rape kit and treat survivors of sexual assault with dignity. And I'll give you one last example of mm -hmm. something I'm committed to doing. Mm -hmm. Today, victims of crime are largely excluded from the process. Mm -hmm. Often, they never hear from the district attorney's office until and unless they receive a subpoena in the mail. Mm -hmm. I'm proud to be the only candidate in this race to have committed to requiring my staff to contact every victim of every crime. I'm within 48 hours to give them a voice and to give them the right to participate in a restorative justice process that can help heal the harm that they've suffered instead of just using them to punish the people that have harmed them. Wow. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing that. It's my pleasure. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited about the possibility of working uh, with so many of the people in San Francisco, the community groups and organizations that yes. endorse me, the labor union, mm -hmm. the community activists um, who are part of this movement and who recognize that we can do a much better job keeping our community safe and treating people with dignity. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. Thanks for your time and, yeah. uh, and enjoy the rest of the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks to Chase Aboudin for being here. We're going to take a bit of a music break and then wrap up the show in a little bit. Thanks so much for tuning in to Mutiny Radio. And back in just a bit.
And welcome back to the weekly review. That was Tribe 8 with the song Money Loves Me off the album Thanks for the Memories. Okay, so we got a little bit of time left, and I thought uh, we'd go over some news stories and other things that folks can do. So perhaps not even as many news stories, but more action items. So if you happen to be in New York on Wednesday, October 23rd, and again, we're currently broadcasting on October 22nd, you can go to the NNJ Letter Writing Night, which is Wednesday, October 23rd from 6 to 9 p.m. in East Harlem at 215 East 99th Street at the El Barrio Art Space. Join us to write to our incarcerated comrades. They'll have speakers, performers, and food. Uh, and they say, we'll be building community out here and across the wall. Come on through. And again, if you're listening to this perhaps after the 23rd and would like to participate in the future and or, you know, folks in New York who might, you can follow them on Twitter at no new jails, all one word, underscore NYC. Again, at no new jails, underscore NYC. Next up. Hmm. Yeah, I thought I had prepared a little bit more. I know where things are. Also, the internet's currently down at the radio station. I know there's that thing where it's like, fake it till you make it. And I also think there's something to be said for vulnerability and checking in when things are not quite going uh, according to plan. So, yeah, that's kind of what's happening here. And perhaps that's why I feel a little bit on edge is that I'd like to put together a program that flows smoothly and sometimes it doesn't go as smoothly as I'd like. And that's okay. And in improv, they had that saying, uh, there's no such thing as a mistake. And I understand, I understand that. And also, sometimes it's nice to not have mistakes. And also, you want things to move smoothly. Okay, next up, it's an announcement. Yeah, we'll do announcements. Uh, there's a workshop, which is happening Saturday, October 26th. This workshop is a new three-hour workshop. Uh, building upon a newly debuted two-hour workshop, which happened this past Saturday at the Los Angeles Diversity Comedy Festival. And this is put on by Fernando Funes. And here is the information that's on Eventbrite about our teaching artist. Uh, Fernando Funes is the head writer, director, and co-executive producer of the Latinx comedy Pachanga a Los Angeles-based sketch variety show with the purpose of putting up Latinx comedians front and center. A graduate of the groundbreaking Pack Theater sketch program, Fernando writes and performs on Moonshot, which performs every first Sunday of the month at 8 p.m. at the Pack Theater. An improv performer with nearly 10 years of shows under his belt, Fernando has performed hundreds of shows in Orange County, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Berkeley, and even a handful of shows in South America. Fernando's poem, A Day, project finds him writing a poem for every single day of the year. It's a great way to make sense of the chaos of life. The event is being hosted by Colorized Improv, an improv slash talk story movement expressing social, cultural, and personal experiences to explore and cultivate equity, representation, and inclusion. And there's an event bright link and a description and... If you go to eventbrite.com forward slash how dash to dash right dash from dash your dash POC dash POV dash tickets dash 774-282-65025. And 
I'll read a little bit about the description and I'll also see if I can find a easier way to verbally share the link. Um, in this three-hour pop-up workshop, How to Write from Your POC POV, we will mine from our personal experiences, backgrounds, cultures, and histories to write deeply personal sketches that are true to our unique POC experiences in America. Learn how to use your experiences to create sketch comedy that is a reflection of your POC identity. Discover what a POC sketch is and its purpose, why sharing your POC experience is important, and how an approach to the sketch writing process can connect with audiences. For reference, we also will have fun watching a few POC sketches to see how others express themselves, and then we will come up with outlines of our own sketches. Who you are. You are you, a person of color who loves sketch comedy. You are seeking to learn how to use your unique POC experience to write sketches and, perhaps along the way, create comedy gold. By the end of the workshop, you will... One, learn why page one is the most important part of your sketch. Uh, Understand the basics of writing a three to four page sketch. Learn the importance of writing down your ideas ASAP. Build agreement with your audience about your sketch. Walk away with an outline of a sketch. Share in a Q&A among other workshop writers. What to bring with you? You do you, digital or analog, to write yourself Please, oh, yourself. Please arrive on time so we can dig in and get the most out of the workshop digital. Please bring a laptop computer or tablet with writing software with which you are comfortable. And then if you're doing analog, please bring a legal pad or whatever paper product or pen, pen or pencil on which you like to write. About our teaching artist, Fernando Fuenes is the head writer, director, and co-executive producer of the Latinx comedy Pachanga, a Los Angeles-based sketch variety show with the purpose of putting up Latinx comedians front and center. Okay, and I've read the bio, and I'll go here. Uh, Fernando's Poem a Day project finds him writing a poem for every single day of the year. It's a great way to make sense of the chaos of life you can follow fernando on twitter and instagram at fernando a fuenas and that's f that's at f-e-r-n-a-n-d-o-a-f-u-n-e-s and so yes that's on twitter and instagram and i'm going to see if i'm going to talk while i try something so bear with me and it's uh one of those shows i'm going to see if if we look on Twitter, if we can see if there's a link for the Eventbrite invite. This will take me just a moment. Again, thanks so much for tuning in to the weekly review midweek and also end of the week on Friday when this will be uh, playing. Okay. And... Looking here, I don't currently see a link on Twitter. However, I believe hopefully on Instagram you can also check it out there. And then also there's a WordPress. There's a link to the WordPress site. So I'm going to see if there's a link there. Thanks for bearing with me, and thanks for tuning in. And best case, worst case, whatever case, check out Eventbrite. Uh, dot com and then if you type in the name of the workshop um, hopefully you can find it there as well and 
going to cut and paste it again. So yes, if you go to eventbrite.com and check out how to write from your POC POV. And again, it's hosted by Colorize Improv. It's happening Saturday, October 26, 2019, 1.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at Counterpulse, which is at 80 Turk Street in San Francisco. Our refund policy refunds up to one day before the event. And yeah, so please do check out this event. Okay, back to some more items. Bolivia elected a an indigenous socialist um, to office, and there have been a lot of right-wing attacks, which seems to happen no matter what, which is deeply upsetting. So, yeah, that's awful. Um, ugh. And also in Chile, there have been a lot of uh, folks protesting. Um, the cost of living has been just ridiculously too high. And so folks have really taken to the streets. There's also been millions of people protesting in Lebanon. There's been people protesting in Haiti. People have been protesting everywhere. So wanting to announce that. And I recognize uh, we're doing a really uh, brief synopsis of the news. So please do. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, that's I mostly end up retweeting things and sharing news items from folks who are in these places I'm talking about. So if you want to follow me, you can do so at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Also, if you happen to be listening today on Tuesday and you're in Oakland and or can get to the East Bay, uh, dear APTP supporters, Oakland police are out of control. They just violently arrested a leader of our community. Join us tonight at the Oakland City Council Public Safety Committee to demand real police oversight and accountability to prevent OPD crimes. This is the Oakland City Council Public Safety Meeting happening Tuesday, October 22nd at 6 p.m. at Oakland City Hall, Sergeant Mark Dunnikin room, first floor, one Frank H. Ogawa Plaza in Oakland. The committee will read the community's proposal to radically reform the Oakland Police Commission, Measure LL, for the first time, Let's Show Up in Force. We'll also be supporting Wilson Riles, who was assaulted by OPD last week. Wilson Riles, a former city council member, mayoral candidate, and longtime civic leader in Oakland, was at a city office when he was thrown to the ground and violently arrested by OPD. Tonight, he asks his Oakland community to show up as he protests his treatment and OPD's treatment of black Oakland residents. Folks can also contribute to his PayPal account, which is at W-R-I-L-E-S at PacBell.net. Again, contribute to his PayPal at the email address is W-R-I-L-E-S at PacBell, and that's P-A-C-B-E-L-L dot net. And they also have an article for more info on OPD's violent assault of Mr. Riles. We read this article. APTP is a great organization. If you'd like to get more involved, you can find them online. And the article they've linked to is um, from SF Gate, and it came out on October 20th by the Bay City News Service. Ex-Oakland council member says he was forcibly arrested while complaining to planning department. (sighs) 